Thank you very much. That was just overwhelming there. That was just... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, whatever. So just to, to communicate, uh, uh, the subject matter today is uh, fear of faith. And uh, in, in confident humility, I'm not afraid. And you might, during the course of this uh, message, feel fear stirring up, okay? Uh, and what I'd encourage you to do is to take my hand, because I'm not afraid, and it's going to be okay. And you're going to find out why. There's absolutely no reason to be afraid. Uh, and sometimes that's just stuff uh, stirring us. So if this is fear, uh, and this is faith, my uh, job, my passion is to peel your hands off uh, fear and, and take you to a place of faith. Okay, um, so uh, this sounds very boomy. Is it as boomy to me as it is to you? Because I don't know if there's anything we can do about that. Is that okay? Um, so uh, I suppose you can start the, the, we can start the tape now. So today's uh, subject title is uh, Kingdom Worldview, Fear or Faith. So I'm just going to do a short, very short review on what we've been talking about. Uh, so we've been talking about worldview. Okay, and worldview is basically like uh, I describe it as like a set of sunglasses that darken, dim, uh, distract, uh, uh, and and just diminish whatever you're trying to look at. And we get our worldview from how we've been uh, brought up, how we've been influenced by circumstances and and history, and what it produces. We all have one, and what it produces is a, a false reality. So either we can look at things like these could be bright yellow, and, and it's like oh everything's just so good when it's not really. So we can have a false positive reality, or we could have a false negative reality, like it's really dark out there today. He's got a really dark pair of glasses, but it's actually a beautiful spring day. Okay, uh, and that is fueled by subjectivity, and the subjectivity comes from our soul, and that's our mind, our will, and our emotions. So it's our thoughts, and, and it's our particular position, and it's our feelings that influence what we believe reality to be like. And what this kingdom worldview and the kingdom culture worldview is all about is about giving us an invitation and an application uh, of that kingdom worldview, that kingdom culture, true positive reality. So the specs are off and you get to see things for what they really are. Uh, and that can both be positive and negative. Uh, and it's the simple, objective, absolute truth, which in our culture we have a lot of difficulty with, uh, uh, versus the subjective lies and deceptions of our culture, ourselves, uh, and of uh, the evil one, Satan. And the destination in the kingdom culture worldview is Jesus. He offers us freedom and he offers us fullness, not as things to attain. So I've got my freedom and I've got my fullness, but he himself is the spirit of freedom. He himself is, is, the, uh, is complete and that's what we get. We get him, the very essence and spirit of Jesus. So our, our destination is to be more like Jesus. So we sort of joke here sometimes when you come to Destination Church, it's not that you've arrived at the destination, but you've come to Destination Church and we're on a destination to be more like Jesus, to experience him uh, and be transformed by his presence. Uh, in uh, Ephesians 4, 11, 13, uh, it says that we might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Uh, so last week, Colin was talking about uh, hiddenness and transparency and, and the false worldview. Like if we're just like little kids and we 
close your eyes and keep perfectly still. They'll not know we're here. Uh, and how that doesn't really work with God because God knows everything uh, and he wants to, to communicate with us. He wants to change us. He wants to be transparent, us to be transparent with him so we can experience the fullness of his presence and be transformed. So, uh, the other thing I want to say about this, uh, I sort of touched that on it at the start, is uh, it says in Romans 8 verse 1, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. And sometimes we mix up conviction with condemnation. So my job today my, is to call, compel, and uh, uh, convict you to, to the truth that I'm, that I'm going to present. Uh, now that might feel, who's, who's condemning me? Or he's saying things about my culture. I, I don't want to say, or you to feel that I'm pointing the finger. I'm, I'm observing and I'm, I'm speaking about some uh, truths with our glasses off that, that we need to see, we need to embrace. So if something's stirring up, it could be conviction of the Holy Spirit. And if that's okay, that's not a, a bad thing. Satan tends to spew over you. So you're a big, fat, ugly loser and you're not going to amount to a hell of beans. The Holy Spirit tends to come up and go, see that attitude you have to sort that out? Uh, Specific. Uh, In order that we might become more like Jesus and get things sorted out. So what is fear? It's defined in the dictionary as an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat or danger of pain or harm. Or in the thesaurus it can say terror, fright, fearfulness, horror, alarm, panic, agitation, trepidation, dread, consternation, dismay, distress. Part of the fight and fight or flight response. So it's five o'clock this morning, right? I hear a knock on my bedroom door and I'm thinking Hillary's beside me and in an instant <laughs> and Hillary walks through the room with a glass of water so uh, <laughs> but it's just it's a reflex so it is we're wired that way it's where it becomes off it dominates it's, it, it, it controls us um, so I looked up uh, 25 of the strangest uh, names for phobias right uh, I'm not going to go through the list number 25 is ergophobia which is fear of work or the workplace. Yeah, I, of, course, of course you do. Number 24 is uh, ablutophobia, which is fear of washing yourself or getting in the shower. Yeah, sure, right, whatever. Number three on the list is omphalophobia, omphalophobia, which is fear of belly buttons, right? Number two is panophobia, which is also known as omniphobia, uh, which is uh, the generalized fear that describes the condition of fearing everything and is often described as constantly dreading some vague and persistent unknown evil. And on the little website it says, uh, the person says, I don't offer a cure for any of these, I just like the, the words. Right? Well, in Jesus' name, we offer a cure for omniphobia. Jesus Christ offers a, 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 a cure to omniphobia. But number one is phobiaphobia, which is fear of phobias. There you go. Uh, and just at this point, I want to be distinctive about so there's fear, negative, uh, dread, agitation. And then it talks in the Bible about a holy fear 
a holy fear of God uh, uh, or a fear of the Lord which is caused by an awareness of his holiness, an awareness of his greatness, awareness of our humanity relative to him, an awareness of his holiness relative to our sinfulness and it just fills us with fear but it's on to something. It's on to drawing us closer to him, to worshiping him. So it's something slightly different. So it all originated in the fall. Uh, Genesis 3, 6 to 9. When the woman saw, subjective, that the fruit of the tree was good, subjective, for food and pleasing, subjective to the eye, uh, and also desirable, subjective, for gaining wisdom. That was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which objectively God had said, do not touch and do not eat. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband so, uh, who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Why did they do that? Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called the man, where are you? God never asks a question that he doesn't know the answer to because he knows everything. So it's for their benefit. He says, where are you? And they say, uh, 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 I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. I was afraid and uh, I was naked, so I hid. And there it began, fear. Just And from that moment, uh, mankind has uh, embraced fear, fueled by our worldview factors. Western culture, in our case, uh, our Northern Ireland parochialism uh, and religion. Um, So it's about behavior and formal. What does that look like? That looks like our 24-hour news, where something happens and and in the the demand to get news, well, tell us, I don't really know you, and I don't think you've got any idea about the financial situation, but are you worried? And Charlie goes, yes, in the microphone in the main street of uh, Glen Gormley. Yes, I am worried. And it, it comes out. Uh, Alex Salmon, who was the uh, first minister of Scotland, stated about Brexit about three weeks ago, if I was an Antrim farmer, hope there are no Antrim farmers in here today, I would be very, very, very worried about Brexit. Worry coming out. Uh, when the Nice bombings went on, we just, uh, or the guy drove through and killed all those people on the, the seafront. It was terrible. But they were, they, were, they were speculating what was happening. And then somebody put on Facebook that there had been some other bomb attack somewhere else. And that all sort of, and there's just fear coming at us. When I saw the, uh, the clips from the Westminster uh, terrorist attack, there's a scene where there was a, a policeman going, Move! Move! Move like that. I was watching it in my home in Green Island, uh, having a cup of tea, and I could fear, feel fear rising on me. It's, it's coming out our TV screens all the time. We experience it all the time. We have our health and safety. Well, what happens if the sky falls in? And I know that there have been accidents and problems, but that sort of, oh, you want to watch yourself. Have to be careful. Uh, political correctness. Have to, have to be... You don't, you don't want to be saying that. You don't want to be saying that. They might... Oh, ah, ah. Then there's our wee country. Double siege mentality. 
double siege mentality. Minority beside a minority. Both on one island. Both seize the other as the majority. We cannot, we cannot afford on any circumstances to give an inch at all or we're going to be pushed into the sea. So over the smallest thing, it causes the biggest biggest fear, concern. What's going to happen? We've got to fight for it. We've got to defend ourselves. And so it increases. We've got the 11 plus. Fear of failure. Blowing it. You're not not going to be all right. Toast. Fear. Fear. We live it. Religious condemnation and judgment. What we do, what we say, how we look, how we behave. You went to the cinema? In our day, you went to disco? Smoking, drinking? Fear. And that produces, all that stuff put together, produces a foundation of fear that's deep within us. And because it's, it's, a, it's an emotional thing, it's so intense that, that sometimes it's just our de- default position. We just default to fear. And it becomes our false reality giving us license for our soul man to scream and to squeal at the sight of shadow or sound. But the foundation really uh, uh, allows then uh, to become an inroad uh, for even uh, things like uh, uh, the, the evil one coming and accusing us, coming and oppressing us, or coming and sometimes having a very significant influence on our lives, on our journey. And the foundation is really the number one on the list. It's phobia, phobia. It's fear of fear itself. And Franklin D. Roosevelt, 1933, famously said in his inaugural speech uh, at the Great Depression, his first line, he said, so first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance to convert retreat into advance. A wise man full of the truth. So what is the kingdom culture worldview? So in transparency, I looked up the word afraid and I was thinking, I'm going to have to, you know, tell lots of stories and examples. Uh, Like uh, the children of Israel, uh, the part of the Red Sea, or just before the Red Sea got parted, they're at the Red Sea. There's a a, a, a fire, pillar of fire to separate them from the the Egyptian army that's coming towards them. And they're in a mass, having a massive panic attack. And uh, Moses says, Exodus 14 14, uh, the the Lord will fight for you, you need to be still. Implication don't be afraid. Right? So I was thinking, I'll have to tell stories and draw this out. I have to tell you, I was shocked. It's coming at you every way you look in the Bible. And there are four words that sum it up. And it's really simple. And it's repeated over and over and over and over again. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So he says to Abraham repeatedly, uh, Genesis 15.1, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a, visit, in a vision Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your very good, great reward. He says to Jacob, uh, Genesis 46, verse 3, I am God, the God of your father. That was Isaac, the the son of Abraham. He said, uh, do not be afraid. 
to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. Moses, God's representative uh, to the people of Israel, repeatedly says uh, to to the uh, children of Israel and quotes God, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. One of eight references in Deuteronomy alone. Then you've got Joshua, one of seven uh, references in Joshua, the famous verse in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The prophets repeatedly speaking God's words to his people, both then and now. For example, Isaiah, do not be afraid, you worm of Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Anybody feeling a bit like a worm? Do not be afraid. Jeremiah 46, 27, do not be afraid. Jacob, my servant, do not be dismayed, Israel. I will surely save you out of a distant place, your descendants from the land of their exile. Jacob will again have peace and security and no one will make him afraid. Anybody feeling dispossessed, marginalized, uh, relational chaos, unsafe, uncertain? Do not be afraid. And then there's the Psalms. Don't get me started on the Psalms. Psalm 27, verse verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 56, 3 and 4. When am I afraid? I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And then there's Psalm 91. The fearless Psalm. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high my dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent for I will command my angels to guard you and lift you up in your hands so in their hands you will not strike your foot against a stone. And it goes on and on and on. And I never start the day without it. Psalm 91. And then there's the angels. The angels. The angels turn up to Daniel the birth of Christ, the, the shepherds, to Zachariah, to Joseph, to Mary, to Peter in jail, to John in Patmos before he gives the revelation in, in Revelation. And guess what they say? Do not be afraid. Everywhere. Four words, everywhere. And then there's Jesus. Jesus is the destination of a kingdom culture worldview. He is it. He, he is the freedom and fullness Okay, not the, the, the thing freedom or the thing fullness, but the very spirit of freedom and fullness. And our destination is always to be more like Jesus. And he is the word. John 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And what does Jesus say when he walked this earth? Eight times, that's nine. Eight times. I'm not afraid, but sometimes my mouth isn't great. Um, Eight times in the book of Matthew, he says, do not 
be afraid. You getting this? It's a bit obvious. Do not be afraid. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the simple, objective, absolute truth in scripture is clear. Do not be afraid. So if you, so here's the challenge. But I, I, I am. In, in, in transparency, I am afraid. Sorry. The, the absolute subjective truth is that we do not have to be afraid. Well, that's all very well for you saying that, uh, but I'm, 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 you've no idea the, the journey I've had, the experiences I've had, the things that I have done, or the things that have been done to me. Well, uh, you don't know the things that have been done to me either. You don't know my journey. You don't know what I've had to uh, uh, face down. But I know this, uh, that on this regard, my glasses are off. And there is a simple, objective, absolute truth. So what are your, your current fears? What are our current fears? Uh, maybe it's health. Do not be afraid. Maybe it's the past, the present, the future. Do not be afraid. Relationships. Do not be afraid. Security. I'm just. Do not be afraid. How do we apply this truth to our fears? Well, and this is the bit that we've got to do. This is the bit that we've got to uh, do a little bit of work on. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, in the Amplified Version says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal disciplines. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Or in the Phillips version, uh, it's in some other versions, but I just couldn't find them. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. He has not given us a spirit of fear. Do not be afraid. So if we're fearful and it's not a holy fear, it's not God. It's not God. It's not God. Because he's saying, do not be afraid. So if we feel that we're getting pulled back here into this fear and this darkness, that's not God. Whatever you hear in your mind, whatever people say to you, that is not God. God will not make you fearful unless it's to a place of conviction and go, oh God, I'm a sinner, save me, I have messed up, or God, thank you so much, I I, I just don't know what to say because despite all that I've stuffed up, you still love me. Two, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of peace power or as I like to say a spirit of power because it's kingdom power it's not the diluted religious well you know it's simply me, 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 subjective power of Northern Ireland 
It's kingdom power. Blood-bought power. And when Christ was crucified and rose again, Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That is the Easter message. And what is that power? I pray, Ephesians 1, 18 to 21, I pray that the eyes, specks off, of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. We don't have to have a spirit. We don't have a spirit of fear. We have a spirit of power. We've also got a spirit of love. And that spirit is the very essence of Jesus and it drives out fear. Colin mentioned it earlier on. First John 4, 17 and 18 in the message. Listen to this. This is it here. You want something, you want to uh, fire your, your harpoon or whatever into some truth and let it drag you out of that fear. This is the one, okay? 1 John 14, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ because we have the same power. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is one not yet fully formed in love. Next week, we're celebrating life. We're celebrating the fact that God so loved the world. The most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. It's a love thing. And that love drives out fear. We're not into religion and do, do, do. That's not what this church is about. Hopefully that's not what any church is about. We're into relationship, which next week will be celebrated by done, done, done. For God so loved the world that he came and he set us free from the dungeon of fear that he has by his death and resurrection has unlocked the key and thrown it away into the pit of hell because he rose from dead. And we're in, we're in our dungeon of fear. But if we can lock into that, that love, that love then will call us out of that dungeon of fear and we realize, hang on a second, this door's open. Why am I, why am I in the dark when I can be in the light? Not a spirit of fear, spirit of power, spirit of love and a spirit of sound mind. Talked a few weeks ago about the four-step freedom model. There, there are guidelines there. Seek the truth. We seek the truth. We seek the truth. John 8, 32. Uh, uh, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is we do not have a spirit of fear. So the truth is that fear is not from God. And we've got a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. We take action on that truth and that's where we have to do some work. So it talks about uh, that it's our house, 
It's our lives. We've got to take responsibility to access what he's given us and to secure with the security fence our house so that we are safe and we're secure. So we need to take action on the truth and we need to learn to secure our minds from Satan. Uh, Philippines 4, it says, uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, if anything is excellent and trustworthy, think on these things. Well, I'm thinking of being fearful here in this situation. Well, that's not going to help you. You've got to get the, you got to get you gotta, you just got to get those mind thoughts secured uh, under the authority of Jesus Christ. You've got to tell your soul man to shut up. You've got to tell the evil one to get out of your house and, and leave you alone so that your mind is filled with such things. And you need to listen only to Jesus' voice. And do not be afraid. Personal testimony. So for 45 years plus, I've been in a journey from John 10, 10a, where uh, Jesus says, this evil one has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life in all its fullness. I've been on that journey, and somewhere on that journey, I decided to accept the invitation that we don't need to be afraid. I... Now, that's not to say that I haven't experienced fear and intimidation. Uh, uh, But we have to choose whether we engage with that fear or intimidation. What I learned was there's a a book called The Pilgrim's Progress. And in Pilgrim's Progress, there's a scene where there are two lions uh, either side of the road. And Pilgrim has to try and get up between the the two lions. And he he just doesn't see a way because he's going to get mauled by the lions. And the guy on the other side of the lines goes, called Watchman, goes, just stay in the middle of the road, shouts to him, just stay in the middle of the road and you'll be okay. Because he stays in the middle of the road, he discovers that because they're chained, they only have a certain uh, length and they can't actually get him. Now he has to uh, steady himself to do that, but he can get past because they can't get him. The tears that I've shed for the body of Christ, uh, particularly in the last 10 years, have been over uh, my brothers and sisters who are engaging with things that they shouldn't be engaging with. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, the religious sins. I'm talking about fears. I'm talking about uh, low self-esteem. I'm talking about stuff that as soon as we decide we're going to believe that lie, we've got to get our sword out. We've got to take on that lion, that lion of fear, right? Or you can do this, which is going... I'm putting my sword down and I'm stepping out of your influence on my life and I'm going, I do not have to be afraid. Now you might feel the uh, stinking breath of that lion as it roars in your face. But we sang today about the lion of Judah. He comes to set us free. And we have freedom here. We have freedom here because what he has done for us. And for us, the fear goes off like a siren in our head and we're so scared, it, it controls our emotions and everything. And suddenly we find ourselves back in the darkness and back fearful and back, oh, I just don't know what to do. We apply our mind. We accept the truth. We let love come to us and fear will be driven out. And as fear is driven out, so, so, we will move into a place of fullness and a place of freedom. Nathan, can you come and I actually got you before you went, went down the back. 
fear or faith. Let's get past the acceptance, the subjectivity that it's okay. And I understand that people have fear. And I'm not saying I have no fear in my life. But the acceptance, well, you know what? It's just the way it is. I've had a rough life or things have happened to me. Let's get off that. Let's get the glasses off and let's be after the truth that will set us free, that his love can come. And if his love comes, he sets us free. Will you please stand with me? Some questions for your response. What we do is every Sunday we serve what the Spirit is serving. And we want people to come and respond to that and we can minister to you, pray with you. So three questions to help you to do that. They're very simple. Do you want to be perfected in love and have fear driven out? Do you want to receive a spirit of power, love and a sound mind? And are you tired and weary of being a slave to fear? Being kicked up and down, in and out, round about. Do you want to be done with that today? If that's you, you can answer yes to any of those questions. I encourage you, come forward, please. We're going to worship for a while. And then we're going to let the King of Love come and drive out fear.